0: Hey, everyone. Picture the best moments of your life. Weddings, vacations, this podcast, the birth of your child. What if you could have more of those moments, but you don't want more kids? Today's
1: book is The Power of Moments by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. By the way, how many times in their life do you think that they've heard, Chip, 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 and Dan? (laughs) I'm Kellen Erskine. I'm a comic, a father, and this is my favorite book that I've read this year out of 30. And I'm only mentioning that so that you know uh, I've read 30 books so far this year.
0: (laughs) I'm David Vance. This is a book where I appear in the acknowledgements, that thing everyone skips. (laughs) The Power of Moments shows how to create moments you'll always remember without using my usual trick, severe trauma. And this is The Book Pile. As always, quick reminder to please rate and review the
1: podcast. Also, uh, we don't have an Instagram yet, but we will soon. And meanwhile, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Kellen Erskine. It might be at Kellen Erskine Comic. I don't know my own Insta handle. And Twitter, since you, uh, since you guys like to read.
0: All right, without further ado, here are our four favorite lessons from The Power of Moments. Lesson one. If all you have is practice, add a game. So they interview this principal who basically says, you know, imagine if you joined a sports team and there was never a game, there was only practice. You'd get so tired of that team, and yet that's what school is like. You know, we're constantly practicing, but we never get the big game. We never get the moment in front of the crowd. These two teachers, Susan Bedford Greg Jarellis, made this goal. They wanted to make an academic experience that was as memorable as prom, which I think should be easy because you don't black out in class. (laughs) So... The answer they came up with was what they called the trial of human nature. So here's how it works. Everyone gets two months to prepare, and then you go to a real courthouse, and you argue before a jury of your peers about whether Lord of the Flies got human nature right or wrong, and people get to play different witnesses from history, Uh, your parents and friends are there. It's this huge event, and it, it takes this academic practice, and it turns it into a big deal, similar to the way that athletics get, like games in front of audiences, and now it's been going on 29 years. And one of the teachers said, in every graduation speech, the trial has been mentioned. I've never heard prom mentioned. Although, in fairness, the kids giving graduation speeches are not the ones having the most fun at prom. So... My takeaway is, you know, where can you take practices and add a game? Meaning, if there's something in your life that's repetitive and it's kind of tough, how can you add a big event to it?
1: You said that they would um, dress up as historical figures to uh, argue whether or not uh, human nature was properly displayed in Lord of the Flies. I wonder if any of the kids ever chose to be uh, William Golding, like the author of Lord of the Flies, (laughs) and he just gets up there and he's like... Yes. (laughs) The formal dance that I remember the most was a prom that I went to where when we went to take our pictures, me and my date, she had this big green like shawl on and I took it from her. I rolled my pants way up past my knees like UPS short style and I wrapped the shawl around me like I was wearing a matching skirt. (laughs) It was fun for me just because It was like I broke through a a wall in the sense of like, yeah, I mean, why are we all taking this so seriously? (laughs) It is so weird to me if you think about it, like teenagers get this one day out of the year where they get to pretend to be like
0: ultra rich. I think prom king and queen is so funny because... If there's one thing teenagers already know, it's how popular they are. <laughs> we, we don't need to add democracy to this. No one's like, mm, I don't have enough data. Oh, but my high school history teacher, Jim Francis, was amazing at this kind of thing, where you take something that is often banal... And you just add a little bit of preparation or a little bit of creativity and it becomes like this magical moment. So he would he would always dress up as characters from history and let us like interrogate him. He would uh, <laughs> connect things to pop culture. He was just so excited about everything. And so his class had a huge impact on me because of that additional effort.
1: When we lived in Burbank, we were like three blocks from a dry cleaners that I used to walk to. My son, who was three at the time, he would dress up in a different costume every day at home. So I was like, why don't we just do this in public? How fun would this be? So he dressed up as Batman, and I was Robin, and we just walked to the cleaners. And it was was just for us. I mean, it wasn't... (laughs) That's so fun. It wasn't like... uh, so gross to me when people are like let's see what this gets on Instagram you know it's nothing about the kid this right. was just for my son so that we could feel like superheroes in the world you know and he's, <laughs> he took it very seriously well, that was you know part of the, the fun for him but it was it was amazing how many people just in three blocks how many cars slowed down uh, uh-huh. like people were taking pictures of us which was, was a little weird but it was just interesting it was like 530 so it was just interesting it was rewarding to think that like this broke up someone's day like this broke up someone's Mm -hmm. routine what was just a drive home from work now they were getting in an accident because they were trying to snap a photo of two (laughs) strangers in costumes but it was uh, on the way back we lived in this uh, neighborhood of Armenians and this super nice couple who were just sitting on their front porch she goes wait 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 as we're walking past their house she goes inside and came out and brought us cookies just because she thought Aww. it was so fun, and it's it's crazy to me that just that like simple decision, it injected
0: magic into yours and your son's day, and then magic into all these other people's lives. And I I think in so many instances, there's nothing preventing us from just adding that little piece of magic, other than like. Social constraints and just thinking, oh, this isn't what we usually do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's a quote from Roald Dahl. He said, The greatest secrets are always hidden in the most unlikely places. Those who don't believe in magic will never find
1: it. Mm. And those who read The Great Glass Elevator will be very disappointed. I think that was the rest <laughs> of the quote. <laughs> if you loved Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, stop there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lesson two, creating moments doesn't need to be expensive, it just needs to be novel. So it isn't about money, it's about putting in some work with imagination to create something new. So Doug Dietz spent two and a half years on an MRI machine that was nominated for a Design Excellence Award, which is like the Oscars of design. But when he went to go finally watch his machine in practice, he just saw a a scared little girl who was terrified to crawl into a machine. So he went back to the drawing board to come up with the ways to make the machine less scary. And after, like, brainstorming with his team, they decided that rather than making any expensive technical changes to the MRI itself, he instead came up with the idea to make the procedure a fun experience, like a a story. So uh, he and his team, they tested out his ideas at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. So they like covered the machines with decals and the rooms that they were housed in, uh, all based on different themes. So now instead of being a big, cold machine, it was a pirate ship or a submarine mm. or an iron lung <laughs>
0: Iron lung is the only medical contraption that sounds like, one, a
1: superpower, and two, a bad one. He's just sort of an inside-out tin man. (laughs) And then they also gave a script for each technician to follow. So like in the spaceship MRI, the children were asked to listen for when the ship goes into hyperdrive. So now what used to be like the terrifying bang, bang, bang of the machine has now been reframed as part of an adventure. Mm. Um, so there were dramatic results with the reactions of the kids. So at Pittsburgh medical at this hospital, the percentage of kids who needed sedation for the procedure went from 80% down to 27%. Wow. And there was even a moment where after a girl came out of the pirate Island MRI experience, she tugged on her mom's skirt and asked if they could come back tomorrow. Wow.
0: Wow. What's insane to me is where the cost is allocated. So obviously creating the MRI itself, incredibly expensive. But that last bit that turns it from a scary experience for a kid into a magical experience, by contrast, sounds way less
1: expensive. It's just a little bit of like cosmetic decorating. I wish they would do this for adults. Like, can you imagine going in for a root canal? The dentist is dressed like Doctor Grant from Jurassic Park. <laughs> And he's like, we're going on a dinosaur dig in your mouth, and then he just like dumps sand on your face. <laughs> you go in for a, like a colonoscopy, and it's like the room is decorated like a jungle, and they're like, "Welcome to the Curious Python." <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it is true that, like, the most magical experiences in our lives do not have to be the most expensive. Like, I feel like I've heard a number of people talk about ordering an expensive toy for their kids, and then their kid's favorite part is the box. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, lesson three. You can create defining moments. So there's this charter school in Houston called Yes Prep. And one day the founders are at a bar watching ESPN— and it's signing day, which is this big deal. It's when high school football players basically sign with different college teams. And the charter school guys realize, hey, it's mind-boggling that we celebrate athletics this way, but we never celebrate academics this way. Uh, And for me, it's even weirder when you think about how humans as a species are really unathletic. (laughs) Like, uh, Usain Bolt is slower than the average warthog. (laughs) So imagine, like, imagine warthogs celebrating how smart they are by getting drunk and covering themselves in body paint. Anyway, these charter school guys get inspired and they create something called Senior Signing Day. So every year, at the end of the school year, every senior gets on stage in front of a big auditorium and they announce where they're going to college just like these, you know, future college athletes do. And it's this huge deal for them, huge deal for younger students watching, lots of whom have never had a family member go to college. And so they look up and think, "Oh, that can be me too." And I actually looked it up on YouTube. It's this it's really sweet. So the basic idea is, you know, these founders took an important step, which is getting into college, and they made it as big of a moment as possible, which is what I do when I make the slightest sacrifice for someone. And so the basic takeaway is, you know, you can actually choose to create a defining moment. They say in the book, life is mostly forgettable and occasionally remarkable. So, you know, we should really invest in those remarkable moments.
1: How great would it be at the end of that whole thing? There's a there's a moment uh, when a guy gets up, he's like, just want to remind everyone that even the average college graduate, uh, Exits college with a job 20% of the time. <laughs> Have a good night. All right. Lesson four, create fresh starts. Psychologists Catherine Milkman and Heng Ching Dai looked at data on the, their college campus to see if there are any patterns. in when people chose to start going to the gym, and they found that attendance increased by 30% on Mondays. Every new month, it increased by 14%, and every new semester, it increased by 47%.
0: (laughs) There's something inspiring and depressing about that, because those numbers don't stay up. (laughs) I wonder if
1: people get more faithful right after their anniversary. (laughs) So that's it, yeah, you can... There's power in either like creating one for yourself or choosing a special day or date in the future. I know people who make fun of other people for New Year's resolutions, but these are the same people that I know would not start going to the gym on a Saturday. Like (laughs) everyone, it can be empowering, personally empowering, to make a date of significance for yourself to to push off into a positive direction. It's a little crazy to me that people
0: scoff at both new year's resolutions and at self-help books. <laughs> I don't I guess I don't get I don't get what's to be criticized in just like wanting to get better. <laughs> like out of every holiday there is maybe one or two holidays that actually push you to be better at something. <laughs> Why is that the one that we criticize? Yes. Christmas and Easter encourage you to be better. Halloween encourages you to be worse. April Fool's encourages you to be way worse. (laughs) And then the one that's like dedicated to be a better person, we're all just like, (laughs) what a bunch of
1: squares. (laughs) I will say, I put my odds on the person who decides to stop drinking on St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) so dave what birthday do you remember the most
0: i let's see it was 2015 and i was with a group of friends flying into iceland and then after a couple days there into germany it was such a magical place and i mean you drive a couple hours and the entire like landscape changes multiple times it was honestly like traveling through every part of lord of the rings so I think just the like natural beauty and being with friends, it was a very interesting kickoff to a birthday.
1: So uh, Iceland to Germany. Was this that Game of Thrones Schindler's List tour oh my that gosh. I've heard about? Um, so the birthdays that I remember the most were when I was six, because I could have a birthday party, um, when I was 17, because I decorated it like it was Christmas. <laughs> so I give myself the... <laughs> The credit there and then 30 because that's when I really decided to get my crap together and it wasn't that like I wasn't ambitious in my 20s but it was more of a like in my 20s I felt like I would be in my 20s forever and mm. it was really significant for me I wrote a joke when I was 30 that turning 30 is the one time in your life when you make new year's resolutions mid-year yeah. <laughs> So in the book, they cite this survey by Adam Alter and Hirschfeld, where they they ask people what the the, the most significant birthdays across their lifespan were, like the, the most memorable ones. And it turns out the, the, the birthdays people remember the most are when they turn 18, 21, and then after that it's pretty much every decade 30, 40, 50, 60. But it turns out there's a there's a science behind this, the the way that we see things or or give meaning to things that have a beginning, uh, uh, like a numerical beginning and a numerical miracle and there is power in creating your own finding a fresh start to actually start a goal there's a difference between just saying i should stop eating so much sugar or start eating more if that's your goal um (laughs) there is power in defining a day that divides the old you from the new you
0: yeah Alright, random facts So as an example of a memorable moment There's a hotel called the Magic Castle And right next to the pool, there's this phone And you pick it up and someone says Hello, Popsicle Hotline And they bring a Popsicle straight to you at the pool And I think they bring it on like a tray And they wear like white gloves And I think it's the coolest thing But I also want to go there just once And be like, there's been a murder
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, so pineapple, like (laughs) (laughs) cherry. So, this year, in a proactive effort to make memories and make these moments with our family, we had an evening where each family member made up a holiday that we are going to celebrate at some point this year. Um, So, March 7th or May 17th, we already celebrated my uh, four year olds choice which was jello day.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> when we asked him so what do you do on jello day and he said you throw jello at each other. <laughs> and so we ate jello and then we also my wife made a bunch of jello jigglers and we went out front and we had a jello fight. <laughs>
0: I would love if seeing the chaos of that moment, he's like, okay, next year we celebrate the
1: purge. <laughs> Knife day. So, so, speaking of my Instagram, I will be posting a, a slow motion video of me throwing a, a jello jiggler about 25 feet in the air and almost catching it in my mouth. Um, <laughs> By the way, that's like my my wife made it like a lot harder than Jello usually <laughs> is. <laughs> Not to give away the end, but it was a lot like getting slapped in the face with a tongue.
0: <laughs> I've been there.
1: So a couple of the other ones that we'll be celebrating this year is my daughter has uh, Jane Austen Day. Oh, great! Um, I chose what. It <laughs> Ended up being like a real bummer. I still think it's going to be fun, but I built it up too much by saying that it was present day, and my kids were like, "Yay!" But I was, I was seriously like, "What I meant was, we are going to celebrate enjoying the present moment." <laughs>
0: So, that's like one time my mom was planning a trip to D.C. for my four youngest brothers, but she wanted it to be a surprise, so she told them she was taking them to Disneyland.
1: (laughs) Just kidding. Here's the U.S. Treasury. Monuments. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, for for this one, we're gonna it's gonna be a day where we're celebrating. We're gonna eat like food from Nepal. We're gonna do meditation. Cool. And what are the other ones? My son has wish day, so we're going to uh, we're gonna fulfill wishes for each other. Wow. So I'm not, I'm not sure at that point. He should listen to this podcast before we do it, so that he knows it doesn't have to be expensive. <laughs> This is a great idea. And then, what was your what was your wife's? Hers is uh, body day and celebrating the go on. The... <laughs> so many
0: different directions. It's uh, are we digging up something in a forest or garden,
1: perhaps? <laughs> it's teaching our children the evils, the natural evils of the human body, to shame them into not <laughs> sinning. <laughs> But no, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, a day of of enjoying things in like in the different senses. So like different types mm. of, of foods, and then physical activities, and um, you know aroma, cool music, and for sensory Acid. stuff. And yeah, yeah. Experimental. <laughs>
0: That's a really good idea. I kind of want to steal that idea. So another one, they say in the book, variety is the spice of life. Notice it does not say variety is the entree of life. Because they're driving home the point, like, yeah, we remember the novelty and novelty is great, but you can't just have novelty, you also need some stability. <laughs> so it can't be jello
1: day every day. <laughs> if every day is jell-o day, the no day is jello day. <laughs> So they bring up the results in this study. They found that laughter is 30 times more likely in social settings than private ones, which Mm. is why Zoom comedy doesn't work. (laughs) So I, I inadvertently did a case study on this recently where I was... I was reading a script of mine to a team of people on Zoom just for feedback, and I get halfway through Act 1, and I'm not getting any response. Like, I feel like I'm bombing, so I click onto Zoom, and I see that everyone is on mute. So I just, I asked everyone if they would uh, take themselves off so I could hear the feed. I just helped, you know, with with timing and and my own ego, and went through the, read the rest of Act 1. And the feedback that I got, there's one one person without any irony said Act 1 wasn't hitting that hard for me until about halfway through. <laughs> so then fast forward to a week later, I'm with a different Zoom team online that completely unmuted the whole time I read act one again. And the feedback that I got from the one person that was in the group uh, the week prior, he said, I love what you did with this. The The humor is nonstop now. And I actually hadn't rewritten anything. <laughs> That that level of social contagion
0: is so interesting. A group of my friends went to Comic-Con, or they went to one of those conventions that was like Comic-Con, and in the middle of it, they took our friend Tanner, and they acted like he was a star, and they chased him through the building screaming his name like, Tanner, Tanner, I love you, asking him to sign things. And other people joined in to pursue him and try to get him to sign something just be- because they saw interest from this group. <laughs>
1: So there are these sort of famous 36 questions created by Arthur Aaron that are designed to make you feel closer to a loved one. Um, But this university actually did this social experiment where they had strangers sit and discuss these 36 questions with each other. And afterwards, they found that 30% of the participants said that they felt just as close to this stranger now than they did uh, with the person that they had their most intimate relationship with in their life. Wow. So, like, mothers, boyfriends, girlfriends. Question one is, would you pass the ecstasy? (laughs) So the, the the questions are designed to get in, increasingly sort of more more personal and allow, allow each person to to become more vulnerable. You don't have to answer any of these. I do want you to answer. I think the last one though. So well, number okay. el- number eleven is well. I just thought number eleven was funny because especially doing it with a stranger because it says take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. Um, this is something that I like to do. That I like to just do with strangers, and then at the end, I introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> we call it the Forrest Gump approach. Number 30 is, when did you last cry in front of another person? And this, for me, was two nights ago, reading The Fellowship of the Ring with my nine-year-old son. We got to the part where the, the Balrog pulls down Gandalf into the chasm. hmm and spoiler it's been (laughs) it's been years since i read it that it like it got me more than i thought it would i think because the book drags so much that to all of a sudden (laughs) have this like highly emotional moment was uh, it it was surprising in itself
0: (laughs) the part that hit me the most is right after that when Aragorn is beating himself up for not getting Gandalf that pull-up bar for Christmas. <laughs> You'll notice in the movie when he says, fly you fools, the Balrog is not still hanging on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the way that the movies, he very deliberately sort of titanic Leonardo DiCaprio's himself off of that thing. Like you could have just held on. <laughs>
0: there were other options. <laughs> That breath you used insulting us, that oxygen could have gone to your muscles.
1: <laughs> so, number 34, I would love your answer to this question. Number 34 is your house containing everything you own catches fire. Uh, after saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? For me... Wait, wait, wait. And I have to spend the first two trips on loved ones and pets. <laughs> I know that you don't live with either, so if you could just answer the end of the question. <laughs> my item would be uh, my laptop because it's been five months since I backed it up. <laughs> uh...
0: I think my journals, because it's always nice to look back in time and hate who you were.
1: (laughs) It and uh, when I looked up these 36 questions, I found the actual questions, but it was on a blog where someone had also like added some of their own bonus questions at the end. But it's just so funny because these 36 questions (laughs) were obviously like narrowed down from thousands to be like, and they're in this perfect order that works. Um, Uh but then this person threw on a few at the end that uh, are like have nothing to like. One of them was, Would you be willing to have? Have horrible nightmares for a year if you would be rewarded with extraordinary wealth which is it's not even a that's just sort of like a yes or no.
0: Doesn't that sound like a billionaire is propositioning you for something weird? <laughs> all right to recap our favorite lessons from the power of moments one if all you have is practice at a game two creating moments doesn't need to be expensive just novel. Three you can create defining moments. Four, create fresh starts.
1: And five, if you want free cookies, dress up like Batman.